What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Coming at you with the New England Patriots today. Excited to talk about them. A lot of debate about who the quarterback is going to be, how long that quarterback might play, if Damian Harris is a sleeper running back, and if there's anybody to grab anywhere else. So we're going to hit all those points today, absolutely. And let's start with the personnel changes. They brought back quarterback Cam Newton on a one-year, about $5 million deal. He is, you know, he's got an opportunity here. He really does to show that he still got it in the NFL. They also drafted the future in quarterback Mac Jones in the first round, the supposed future for the franchise. That's what they're hoping for. They traded for right tackle Trent Brown to add to that offensive line. And another addition to that offensive line is Isaiah Wynn hopefully being at 100% good to go for an entire season this year. He's been dealing with injury throughout his career. He was a first-round pick, I think, in 2018. So the offensive line's got some, some minor boosts there for sure. They added a running back that I love in Ramondre Stevenson. He was my RB6 in this rookie running back class. And... Hey, he's worth throwing at the end of your bench, but he's definitely not going to succeed the incumbent starter, Damian Harris, right now. So just keep that in mind. But Ramondre Stevenson, definitely a talented guy. He could be the second back in carries at some point, depending on what happens with Sonny Michel, or if he just beats him out in camp, I wouldn't be surprised. He's like a little mini Marshawn. They lost wide receiver Julian Edelman. But they added two wide receivers in Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Also, Nikhil Harry's probably not going to do much of anything. They're probably trying to, uh, well, they definitely are trying to get rid of him. They added two tight ends, and this is the key point. This is something I'm going to hit on a lot. They added two tight ends in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. Jonu Smith was signed first, four-year or five-year deal, I think, four-year deal. And Hunter Henry signed after that for a three-year deal, so one year less but the same amount of money per year. Pretty interesting. They also added linebacker Matt Judon from Baltimore and their sick defense. So he was a contributor for them. He's going to be a great contributor for the Patriots. And they have Dante Hightower, another linebacker coming back from injury. And that's not injury from COVID because he opted out last year. And they also have a whole bunch of other defenders that are coming back. So this whole team is completely different. So let's look at how PFF ranks this team. They've got them with the third best offensive line especially run blocking. They have the 15th best defensive line, so pretty much middle of the pack. They have the 7th best linebacking core. Matt Judon added to Dante Hightower coming back with what they already had. They even brought in Kyle Van Noy. Pretty nice linebacker room. And they have the 5th ranked secondary. And maybe that'll change if Stephon Gilmore gets on his way and packs his bags because he is supposedly looking for a trade. But still... Their secondary is looking pretty good as well. So this team, third O-line, seventh linebackers, fifth secondary, 15th D-line, this team is looking pretty good. It's a very well-rounded team for the most part, especially with their additions at wide receiver and tight end. Last year, they ran the ball 47, or sorry, passed the ball 
passed the ball 47% of the time. They ran the ball 53% of the time. One of the few teams that ran the ball more than they passed. And it was because of Cam Newton. And guess what? Cam Newton is not only going to be the starter this year, but he will start all year, every game. Yeah, I said it. I said it. I said it because I can. But for real, I'm so serious. Cam Newton starting all 17 games, book it, and if it goes through outside of injury, injury does not count. If Cam Newton doesn't get injured, he will not be replaced by Mac Jones. I'm putting the deep dive seal of approval on that take right now. So you could come back, holla at me if I'm wrong. Or if you want to be one of the kind ones, right? Holla at me when I'm right. So anyways, 47% of the time they passed last year. I think that it's actually going to be a slightly bit more run heavy. So I'm going 46% of the time they passed this year, 54% of the time. But Brandon, they added all of these weapons. Is it possible that they pass more? Of course. It's definitely possible. The reason that I think they're going to run more is because their offense is going to get so much better just off the efficiency of Cam Newton as a passer getting better with these new weapons and with him being healthier, which we'll touch upon. So their pass game is already going to be way better because of the efficiency spikes. I don't necessarily think they're going to start throwing it more, though, because Belichick realizes and recognizes the strength of Cam Newton being his rushing ability. And they're talking of Damian Harris, and they have a really good offensive line, especially at blocking for the run. So because of those things, I think they're probably going to run more in addition to the fact that their defense is way better. Think about it. They love controlling the clock. They love grinding it out. That's what Belichick was all about last year. And they're definitely going to be able to do so with their defense returning. They lost like six or seven starters last year due to opting out. They had the most losses from opt-outs on the defensive side of the ball in the entire NFL last year. So we've got a lot of pretty much a different team, pretty much a different team in terms of that defense. And they're going to be sick. They're going to be probably top five defense. Let's talk about Cam Newton though. So actually, real quick, just to go over the play count, as always, right? Don't want to skip that over. They had about what would put them on track for a thousand plays in a 17 game season last year I don't see any reason for that to change so I'm going to keep it basically just like that I'm giving them a thousand plays over 17 games this year with that 46 percent pass rate obviously that's 460 passes 540 runs so now we can get into Cam Newton and what I think is going to come about from him during this season so like I said earlier it's the first time he is fully healthy in years what do I mean by that well I'm just repeating what he said in in a in a vehicle he was actually in a car on video saying that this is the first time that he is actually fully healthy mainly talking about his shoulder in like three four years since he landed on it wrong and now it finally feels right and guess what it looks right because if you're looking at the training videos the training camp videos and highlights that are coming out Cam Newton's arm and his throwing motion are looking much better. The form is better. It looks more natural. It doesn't look like it's painful. Sometimes when we watch Cam Newton throw the ball, it just looked awkward. It looked forced. It does not look like that right now. And I'm going to believe him because of it. I'm going to believe him. I think he's fully healthy. I do think that's something that's been bothering him was that shoulder. And if it's not a problem now, then <clears throat> watch out. Watch out for real. 
So like I said, I think he's going to start all season. He's not going to get replaced unless the team is really bad. How is the team going to be bad? They've got one of the best coaches in the league. They were 7-9 and nine last year with a Cam Newton that was coming off COVID, missing half of their defense, with trash wide receivers, trash tight ends, and a hurt offensive line. And they were 7-9. and nine. For them to have a winning record is super easy. In fact, I'm going to go out and say this. They might not only have, they will have a winning record, but they might win the division. Belichick, don't write him off because Brady had a great year and Belichick had a bad year. Don't think that Brady won the conversation. And I'm a Bucks fan. It would be easy for me to root for Brady to win the who's better, who made the dynasty debate. First off, they made each other. They both contributed. Neither was like significantly better than the other. They're both amazing. But Belichick, he's one of the best. Don't think that just because of one season and a season with so many excuses that he's, he's not the same anymore. So this team is going to be sick. And one more thing, if you, if you don't believe the fact that, okay, they're going to be really good and Cam Newton's going to start and as long as they're winning games, Cam Newton's going to keep the job, which is all true, Belichick doesn't really like rookies. He's not a fan. He's really not a fan of rookies. So it shows me Cam Newton, he's probably got the job over Mac Jones. And it seems to be that everyone that wants to say, oh, Mac Jones is going to get the job, all of this is media-driven. All of this is fan-driven. I have not seen one Belichick quote to suggest anything saying Mac Jones is going to start. Over and over and over, like three, four separate times scattered throughout this offseason, Belichick has said Cam Newton is our starting quarterback. So why are we not going to believe him? The offense is built for Cam Newton. You've got two big athletic tight ends. You've got quick wide receivers that can get open and work close to the line of scrimmage, which a lot of people like to say Cam Newton, his arm was struggling. Well, it was. It really was. And they started building the offense to, to, to work out well for that. And now if his arm is working even better, then that's that's great because Nelson Aguilar also provides a good deep threat. They also have an offensive line that's really good at run blocking. The tight ends not only function as better receiving upgrades from last year, but they can help with blocking as well. So Cam Newton's got it set. He's good to go. He's been a quarterback one in fantasy, a top 12 quarterback every single year by points per game, except for last year. Except for last year, that is it. Cam Newton has been a top five quarterback every year that he's played a full season. Every year he's played a full season. Think about that. Ridiculous. His ADP right now is quarterback 30. Depending on where you look, some places have like quarterback 25. I I don't care quarterback 20. I don't care. I'm taking Cam Newton at the end of drafts because I don't go quarterback early. I think it's silly to do that. I don't go quarterback early unless it's like super flex or something that's different. Standard drafts, I'm waiting and I'm grabbing a Cam Newton. I'm grabbing a Matt Stafford who... He's like more of a middle ADP quarterback. But when I say I wait on quarterback, I mean I wait till like round 9, round 10 before I start looking. But Cam Newton, you're getting him super late. And even if he ended up losing his job, which he's not, he's got a great schedule until then. He's going to be great for fantasy. So why not take your shot? You've got nothing to lose. He costs you nothing in drafts. And he's got potential that nobody in that area of the draft brings to the table. So give me that easy money. Any time of the any time of day, any place, right there at ADP twenty ish, thirty ish. 
So now it's time to actually project, right? I got on my rant about Cam Newton, all these stats, all this context. Let's talk about some actual projections. I have him for 150 rush attempts for 750 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. Last year, he had 600 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns. And that was in not a full season. I think it was 14 games. So, or no, it was 15. 15 games, he had 12 rushing touchdowns. In 17 this year, I have him projected for 10. So I think he's going to pass more often in the red zone. I don't think he's going to run nearly as much. But he still has all the, all the ability to do so. And that rushing, speaking of it, gives him a great floor, helps his consistency. So the blockers, the better threats to throw the ball to is also going to make running easier. Considering his 460 passes, he's going to be more efficient. He's, he was more efficient before COVID last year. He got COVID around week four, week five, right? If you look at the splits with before COVID and after COVID, he was more efficient in every stat category before he had COVID. He even said that he struggled getting back to form after, and he was still like recovering and had some residual effects from having it. So that's not a problem anymore. That's it's not a problem. And you know what's funny? He actually was not even a bad passer. He just had a low touchdown rate. And why did he have a low touchdown rate? Because he runs them in instead of passing them. So he passes over, like, you know, over the course of a game, he passes to get to the red zone. And then instead of passing it for the touchdown, which would keep his touchdown percentage or touchdown rate high, he ran it in. So it makes it look like he's not throwing many touchdowns. Really, yeah, he's not, but it's it's not a bad thing. It's because he's scoring a different way, right? He has a different avenue to do so. Anyways, he was not a bad passer at all. Last year, he had a 66% completion rate, 11 yards per completion, and 2.2 touchdown rate. That's horrible, but we've already talked about why. So 66% completion, that's above league average. 11 yards per, uh, per completion is around league average. So he was not nearly as bad as everyone made it seem like he was. And I think it was really just the lack of passing touchdowns that made everyone say, oh, you know, he's he's trash, yada, 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 because he's not. He's not trash. He's not washed. And he's going to prove it. And if you don't believe what I've said to this point, it's going to be your loss. Trust me. It's going to be your loss, brother. So I'm projecting a 67% completion rate, 1% higher from last year, 11.9 yards per completion, 0.9 yards per completion higher, and a 3.6 touchdown rate. Because I do think, like I said, he's going to throw more often in the red zone this year with all these extra weapons to throw the ball to. He doesn't feel like he has to carry it on his shoulders and run it in anymore. So why? Well, why do I think he's going to get that much better? He's got a healthy shoulder, he's got a better offensive line, and he's got four new weapons to throw the ball to. So, with that said, take Cam Newton in your drafts. He's my quarterback, 13, and he has massive upside, aka on the draft sheets, potential. And remember, he's got a great schedule as well. So, he's got a green schedule in the draft sheets. He's good to go. Lock him in, baby. Damian Harris, we'll talk about him. All reports are pointing to Damian Harris being the clear-cut RB1 in this offense. Last year, in games that he played in his healthy games, he ran the ball 64% of the time among the running backs when he was healthy, right? 13.7 carries per game is what that came out to. That's going to go up on a per-game basis because I think that they're going to run the ball more this year. So I'm actually projecting a similar carry share at 64% to the running back position for this team, for Damian Harris, but that's going to put him at about 14.5 carries per game, 249 carries on the season. His efficiency should improve uh, upon last year, except he was already so good last year. Five yards per carry rookie season. 
I'm projecting 5.2, and I've been debating with some people on Twitter. It doesn't really make a difference if you think his if he can sustain five yards per carry or not with more carries. Because guess what? If it's 4.8 yards per carry, 4.7 yards per carry, that's a difference of less than half of a yard per carry on a on 200 carries. On 200 carries, half a yard per carry would be the difference of 100 yards. Did I do that math right? I think I did. Whatever, you get the point, right? No matter what, the the yards per carry is not like a huge factor on fantasy finish because 100 yards is 10 points, right? The biggest thing when it comes to fantasy rankings is touchdowns, receptions, and red zone touches. Red zone touches because they lead to touchdowns, obviously. So those are the biggest things in fantasy. The yards per carry is not nearly as important. But I'm still thinking that he's going to get a little bit better because there's so much going on around him. Defenses are not going to be able to focus in on Damian Harris. And he has the rushing quarterback effect to help him be more efficient. Just like J.K. Dobbins in the, uh, in the the with the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Goodness. So I think Damian Harris is going to be pretty good. His touchdown should be a little bit better. You know, some of those running backs are gone that took touchdowns last year. So I think Damian Harris is going to be the closest thing we've seen to a RB1 or like a mainstay running back for the Patriots in a while. They've always given carries to like three different guys. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be Damian Harris and then for most of it and then, you know, spread the rest of the carries out to two guys. But I don't think it's going to be super, super divided up like usual. He gets nothing in the receiving game, though. So it's kind of rough for fantasy. He's like my RB25 on the season for redraft rankings. So if you're like neglecting running back, you can take him. But if you're somebody who's like me and you're smart and you take, not that you're not smart if you don't do this, but I would suggest this, take running back early and often and get those studs because they dry out quick and there's so many good wide receivers later on in the draft and in the middle of the draft to grab. If you don't do that, then Damian Harris will be somebody that you might find attractive if you went wide receiver heavy or for some reason you grabbed a quarterback really high and it's not super flex or whatever the case may be. Now we've got James White. He benefited last year from a lack of target competition around him. He had a 16% target share. That will no longer be the case. The tight ends will eat into his share. The wide receivers will eat into his share. I'm expecting more like 11% target share this year. He is not going to get enough to do anything for fantasy. 11%, that's not terrible, but in a low-volume pass offense, it is. Johnu Smith, so basically I have no interest. Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry, let's talk about them. Johnu Smith is the more dynamic receiver of the two. He also signed with the team first. He has the longer contract because of it, and it makes me think he's going to be their go-to between the two tight ends. Possibly, he might be the most targeted player in the offense. That's pretty tough to tell because everybody is new, and... The team is just, you know, so different. So it's tough to say, you know, if a wide receiver is going to lead the team in targets, a tight end, whatever, whatever. But between Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry, I think Johnu Smith is more likely to lead the team in targets. He does more after the catch than Hunter Henry does. He's more of a threat in that way. Bill Belichick has talked about how much he loves that about Johnu Smith and how he's so good at pretty much everything. And he just has not gotten the opportunity, has not gotten the targets. He's still not going to get the targets because this is a, a team that runs the ball more than Tennessee did with Derrick Henry and passes less than they did. So it's going to be tough for him. But I do think Jonu Smith is going to be the leader of this group. 
between him and Hunter Henry. And I have Johnny Smith at a 17% target share and Hunter Henry at a 14% target share. That puts them both outside of my top 12 for tight ends. And let's face it, when you're drafting tight ends, you need to grab one of those guys early. If you don't and you're getting that middle tier, then you're probably taking them like between round seven and round 10. But for me, I always have my tight end by round like seven because Dallas Goddard is always on my teams in round seven. I just, I love Dallas Goddard this year. And when he's there in seven, round seven or eight, I always draft him unless I already, you know, got like a Waller or a Kelsey. You guys already know I'm staying away from Kittle. For redraft purposes, I might stay away from Pitts at his price. I think it's getting close to the third round. It's like fourth round right now. That's pretty high. But aside from that, without going down that rabbit hole of the tight ends, basically, you have no reason to draft these guys because the people that I like inside my top 12, there's a couple that are there at the end of drafts, Adam Troutman being one of them. Now that might change here pretty quickly, but that's just an example. Another one is Tyler Higby, and I would take both of those guys above these guys. So that's why I'm not really drafting these guys, but I do think they'll be good for the team and they'll be good for Cam Newton. Now let's talk about the receivers, and there's not much to say. Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, right? Same exact story as the tight ends. This podcast episode is basically all about Cam Newton. That's really the focus of this episode because Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, neither of these guys are going to get more than a probably 20% target share. Even if they did, 20% target share on a 460 passing uh, passing offense, it's not even 100 targets. A 20% target share doesn't even get you to 100 targets in this offense. So it's very tough for that reason. And the fact that Cam Newton's not throwing that many touchdowns. I have him throwing 17 touchdowns. He only threw eight last year. And if he throws 17 this year, right, that's not much to go around. It's really not. And you don't have any touchdown potential for these guys. I love Cam Newton. Cam Newton's going to be a beast. But if Mac Jones ended up coming in at any point, Cam Newton gets injured or something, that's when I would all of a sudden be like, all right, let's look at these receivers. All right, let's possibly look at these tight ends. Because the whole scheme will probably change once Mac, if Mac Jones ends up playing, right? But And Mac Jones I would have no interest in for fantasy, by the way, because he has no rushing upside, and they still have a great defense, so he wouldn't pass enough to be somebody that's fantasy relevant if they're just passing a ball and not running. So I wouldn't have any interest in Mac Jones, but it would help out everybody else. With that said, let's talk about the projections. Cam Newton, I have him for 460 passes, 308 Completions, 3,668 yards and 17 passing touchdowns. And then 150 rushes for for 750 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. That gives him 20.5 points per game. Puts him at my quarterback 13. He is right behind Aaron Rodgers. And that's up from 18 points per game last season. Damian Harris, I have at 11.3 points per game. He's my running back 25 right after Kareem Hunt. I have him for basically no receiving, 100 receiving yards. 250 carries, 1,295 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns. Then I have Jonu Smith at tight end 17, so I'm not drafting him, like I said, and Hunter Henry's obviously going to be even lower. But just to give you the stats, Jonu Smith I have for 53 catches, 659 yards, and five touchdowns. Hunter Henry I have for 44 catches, 475 yards, and four touchdowns. Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers, I didn't know how to separate the two. I don't know who Cam's going to like better. I gave them the same target share, both at 74 targets. Jacoby at 52 receptions, Nelson at 46. Jacoby at 650 yards, Nelson at 643. And both of them with three touchdowns. So like I said, 
This podcast was all about Cam, baby. One of my favorite sleepers this year. Count it, book it, put the seal of approval, deep dive, sleeper, Cam Newton, draft him. Draft him, draft him, draft him. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a good one. Peace.